Hey, America. Start, Start listening now. Huh. Welcome back, Eric, Sam, and Derek. Oh, thank you. Welcome back, Eric, Sam, and Derek. Why, thank you. How was the uh, how was the other side of my television screen? What? I'll you were in you were at Eurovision, yes. which is in the TV. Sure, Danny. Let me let me explain to you how this how this actually works while while Derek runs the theme music. Okay. Seven days. And welcome to another Kills You in Seven Days episode of 12 Points from America, a Eurovision Song Contest podcast from America, the country that lives a quarter mile at a time. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm Samantha. I'm Danny. Oh my God. It's over. Eurovision's over. Oh my God. Someone else. All right. Obviously, jet lag is still in force for, for, for Eric over it's here. It's been a week and a half. Aren't you over this by now? No. I was fine on Tuesday. No, I, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a little bit difficult getting back into the swing of things. Um, but hey, we're on the same, we're in the same room together for the first time in a while. Yes, we are. And you guys smell great. (laughs) Thank you. It's all that fresh Liverpool air just gets into your pores and I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, I'm missing that Liverpool air and that Liverpool bakery I'd had like 11 times. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can we do a quick shout out to the bakery that you basically lived at? Oh, what was it called? Handmade. Yeah, like, thanks for copping my lunch that one time, young lady. And uh, you had the best coffee in Liverpool. So if you're in Liverpool, check it out. You're right in the Albert Docks area. They were really fantastic. They made a uh, dulce de leche croissant the size of my face. Mm -hmm. I will never forget you. I will never forget you. Sorry, Danny, we're making you jealous here with all our talks about delicious baked goods. So how were how how were things here? Like the three of us, as as we all know, were in Liverpool on site. Danny, you had a little fete here instead as a watch party. Is that tiny, right? Tiny, tiny little one. Yeah, just a, a a friend or two over, and then Stevie. And how how was the reaction? How did it look from your side of the screen? Did it was it good times? Before we get into that, uh-huh. let's talk about our patrons. Oh my gosh, we've got a couple we've, new ones. We've got a handful of new ones. I mean, of course, you can follow us on all sorts of social media. Uh, one two points USA on the vast majority of them. Email us directly at twelve points from America at gmail If you would like to support us financially, whether short term, long term, big, small, we appreciate it all. We appreciate the time and and the effort. Um, Feel free to follow us on Patreon. We have a handful of new patrons who have joined the fray and joined this crazy family since uh, since our last update. So we want to give a big, big shout out to all of them. Uh, Carrie Ahern, Brandon Rieger, Sam Kennerly, David Flowers, Paul Lashmana, Rob Rubinsky. Some of you are actual friends of ours. Some of you are are joining us from across the country and across the world Thank you, thank you so much for your support. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Also, massive thank you. Uh, you can, like I said, email us at 12pointsfromamerica at gmail.com. Thank you to John Brennan at John Brennan Art for the awesome fan art that he did. I think that's our first our first fan art that's ever been sent to us, which is really, really pretty amazing. So John at John Brennan Art. Thank you so, so much for that. That was incredibly kind. Uh, and you might be listening to us via our friends over at Switch Radio this week. Uh, if you are... Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks to our friends at Switch Radio for having us on week after week. Hopefully we haven't burned too many bridges since you actually met us in person. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, David, who sat directly behind me at, uh, at one of the preview shows, and I didn't realize it. 
until uh, well after the show was uh, was underway. That was a fun thing to to discover. Uh, handed over handed business cards back and forth and talked about you know the various things we do before it clicked that uh, we had we were in the same group chats. Uh, <laughs> and that Did you just sort of like look over your shoulder and go ah. Well, I, I didn't know what he looked like. Oh, so, so Faceless I, group chat? Is his avatar a picture of his dog? I, I don't remember. No, okay. It's this uh, big. <laughs> yeah. I have the eyes of a falcon. In a jar somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> yeah in a pendant. In a talisman that I use. And the arms of an angel. Well, I will say, though, I will say, though, to get back onto the topic of the perspective from my side of the television, uh, it, this was spectacular. I have to liken it to the Oscars this year where like you don't really appreciate a smooth, uneventful, sort of really well-paced and unawkward show until you see one. Like we kind of take it for granted that there's going to be some sort of like, all right, what was that? Moments in both like the Oscars and Eurovision. But seeing this one done, it was like the UK has been doing this for 10 years now. Like it, it really was unbelievable to see in the semis and in the uh, and in the the big show on Saturday, just how slick all of the hosts were in the best way. In the best way, I mean, like Hannah Waddingham was born to goddess, born to MC this kind of stuff. Goddess, Lover. the postcards were the best I've ever seen. Uh, the green room was pretty standard. I mean, the green room is always sort of like we'll never beat Italy's for like how beautiful that was. But like those couches were exceptionally cushy. I'll say only one thing, and I think this was actually the problem of the arena is that for some of the acts, the sound mixing was bad. Um, I don't know if, uh, if uh, Peacock, which is the streaming service that owns the rights here in America to, to show Eurovision, um, I'm not sure if Peacock was using the same feed that the BBC does or if there's an official EBU feed. How, how does that work? I'm not entirely sure, but I could say from the press center, there were a few songs that didn't sound that great. Yeah, I know that, that, that Mae Muller ate it big time because of her personal mixing but like right away for like the first two songs even in semi-final one it was like i can barely hear what norway is singing i can barely hear what malta is singing i yeah it was real tough vocals were a bit low and yeah I, I think i think it was a bit better perhaps locally i know that it in the arena which is where an overwhelming minority of people are yes the the bass is just booming in you know you can feel it yeah and oh god so, some songs sounds you can feel <laughs> yeah check out uh that oh god I wasted, check out the instagram i, I, I wasted got, so much time on yeah that. it's beautiful um, i i i will note uh i uh, when i finished it danny was one of the first people i sent this to uh, this is the AMC movie theaters parody that I did, uh, like in the arena, because that's what I spend my time doing. But I believe Danny's exact response was, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I have to. Um, I don't know if this joke will translate at all for anyone who doesn't live in North America. See, and, and that's the thing. Like, we put together this thing and then all the while just sort of thinking like, no one in Europe is going to get this joke. It's a joke for America. Well, that's, The country that's... that won't get this joke. Yeah. The country that will get this joke, providing one sensible chuckle uh, yeah. from as the result of my trip, uh, four thousand miles. So, Danny, you said that you were watching via Peacock. Yeah. Uh, did you watch it with commentary or without? So I watched it at first. I watched perhaps the first 
five. So the semis were not commentated. Right. Johnny Weir is our commentator, you know, Olympic gold medalist, figure skater. Was he a gold medalist? I don't know. He deserved one, though. Yes. <laughs> moral, moral, moral gold he medalist. Has some, yes, moral gold medals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he uh, only commentated uh, for the big show on Saturday. I watched, uh, I think, for the first five songs, and then we switched over to the feed that did not have the commentary. I just thought it was a bit superfluous. Um, and he's not as big of analysts as we are. Yeah, you he's already, there, he's he, there to enjoy the show as sort of like a first-time watcher, which a lot of people viewing Peacock will as well. And I think that's great for that, but not for big old nerds like us. Yeah, my, my feeling was that it basically felt like, okay, if you know what you're doing, you can watch the show. And I love that they had two options. Yeah. But yeah, if, if you know what's going on, you can just watch the show. If you don't know what's going on, here's a gay man to help you through. <laughs> here's a gay man to join your already too gay watch party. That's right. And then there was the commentary over on WJFDFM yes. over in the Boston area. Uh, just pure audio commentary that you and I had the had the fortune of doing so shameless plug there uh hopefully uh hopefully we'll get back on the wikipedia page for this one we'll see i'm curious to know and please let us know on social media if uh other folks out there sort of agree with that take on the audio on the commentating or or whatever because you know we're we're hungry for validation for america viewing eurovision (laughs) yeah i'm just glad that peacock has stuck with it uh, for yeah that they didn't drop it after a year three this is their this was their third year I think. Did they have... Well, I mean, so they were... Netflix was contracted in 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. That didn't have... Well, wait, well, or was it 19 and They got 20? 2019. It was, 19, it was 19 and 20. Yeah. So it was been 21, 22, and 23 that Peacock's had it. Three whole years without giving up. That's that's pretty good. So let's... All right. Yeah, let's there's, dive there's in. So we've much, got, there's we've so got much. numbers to crunch. We're not mm-hmm. going to go into too many of the specifics because we only have so much time. But we are going to tear apart the big stories of the of the contest. Yeah. Well, uh, and of the grand final. I think yes, we're going to yes. have some semifinal discussions either next week or, or, or thereabout. There's just, there's just so much to get to here. The most important thing, though, is that this was a great year for Scorigami. That's right. Let us know. Remind right. us. So at so if if you have forgotten the term, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, it is it it originated in NFL football scores. Uh, uh, keeping track of final scores that had never happened before, basically. So if, like if there was ever like a weird uh, you know, fifty-three to forty-four or something like that, like, oh, that's that's kind of a weird score. It's never happened. Uh, a guy named John Boyce, who is for my money the best the best and funniest sports writer there is, uh, it put together this thing he called Scorigami that, to keep track of when this happened. And uh, the NFL's been around for like 90 to 100 years now, and so it's so they're becoming rarer and rarer, and I think the same thing is kind of true at Eurovision. Except we had a couple of good ones this year for a very long time. Well, <laughs> I say a very long time for the entire history of the contest. Uh, no one had, no one so had ever. Yes. I was say for the entire history for, of the contest, when we could actually achieve variance in numerical scores. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, no one had ever scored exactly 127 points. That was the lowest score that that had never happened. This year it happened. Congratulations to Lithuania, uh, who chuto tutoed her way into a scoregami. Eleventh place for a fairly. Kind of record low score, I guess, in that case. Mm. And looking at the other 
bottom five scores that have never happened. 168, which was the fourth lowest score that never happened. We did get that one as well this year. That was our gal from Estonia. Yeah, our got surprise. To, got to, surprise, big point earner. Mm-hmm. The new lowest unachieved score is 133. So that is that is the goal for next year and years beyond. Somebody needs to get 133. We also hit the lowest unachieved score in a semifinal, uh, which was three. Oh. We'll, and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, it might not even be in this show, but we'll get to it. But yeah, three has also been conquered in the semis now. Okay, actual results that matter. Sweden won. Really? Yeah, big story. What a surprise. Yeah. No one saw that coming. It was, uh, it, was a, it was not a big surprise. I was going to well, say, like, the biggest surprise is how unsurprising it was. But no, it was just... It was I just... will say that the biggest surprise is probably the margin of victory, which was not a runaway for as much of a runaway as the jury vote was. Like, right. historically, 60-odd points of a win is not a runaway victory. Not with this double system, uh-uh. no. But she was really quite decisive when it came to the jury score. She had 15 deux points from juries. Uh, and not a single zero. Every single country gave Sweden points. That's incredible. Yeah, the nearest high score, uh, the nearest nation to receive the number of deux points, uh, both Israel and Italy ended up getting five deux apiece from the juries. I mean, that's, it's, it's a runaway uh, in terms of the, the jury scores. But Finland gave her a run for her money. Um, we only had two, two of our top uh, participants cracked the 500 point margin uh, and there was a pretty big margin between two and three uh, but yeah 583 is our winning score 526 uh, as our runner up this year talking about that that jury score uh, she darn near lapped the field uh, 340 jury points is is absurd it's not the highest total ever that would be Salvador yeah, but but in terms of like uh, per country, since there were 42 countries in 2017 when Salvador competed versus 37 now, uh, Lorraine's jury score per country was higher than than Salvador's was. It, it was it was it was a demolition. <laughs> Honestly, it just just a crazy, crazy, crazy result couple other quick stats on Sweden. She was ninth in the running order. That's the earliest to win the contest since 2003. Sir Tabs, every way that I can, I think was fourth. I think we were all very optimistic. I mean, just from us Sweden haters when, oh. <laughs> when she got slotted at number nine because we're like, well, that's not, it wasn't, it's not the death nail. It's not it, like she no. had to go fifth. For her, it wasn't going to matter. It, it had to be after a commercial break also. Not to mention, the juries don't really seem to care about running order as much. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you do argue that Finland got placed in a really good spot with a lot of ballads leading up into it, I mean, he did get that huge boost from the televote. Mm-hmm. I don't think juries were going to care either way. Not really, no. Uh, Sweden was... <laughs> Tattoo was also the first song since 1988 that's Celine Dion to win from the number nine spot that is the fifth time number nine has delivered a win it is also the fifth song to win without winning its semi-final uh, the others are 1944 wild dances running scared 
And this didn't even come in second in its semifinal. Dima Bilan's Believe finished third in its semi and then won. Where'd those points come from? I, there's no way to know. <laughs> uh, I also, the same points that I gave to Azerbaijan. <laughs> what, a, what a coincidence. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, also, I mean, of course, it goes without saying that Lurian is now the second two-time winner of all time. We all know this after Johnny Logan. This is now Sweden tying Ireland's record of seven wins uh, until Luxembourg comes storming back. Boha. <laughs> come on, Luxembourg. Like, Luxembourg is going to come back, and then, like, Monaco will want to come back, too. I hope. I, I mean, know. They have be... a new broadcaster down there, like TV Monte Carlo or something like that. Anyway. Here's a prediction for Luxembourg. Top ten, easy. Fantastic. But the big question is, will they actually send a Luxembourger artist or will they import from France? France, obviously. France! That's what they've always done. France! Uh, also wanted to, to shine a quick bit of a light. Of course, this is a singer's competition, but it's a songwriter's competition as well. Peter Bostrom and Thomas Kiason uh, are now two-time winners uh, after having co-written Euphoria. Uh, it should also be noted that Moa Karlebeck, or better known to the Eurovision world as Casiopeia, is now the owner of a record that may stand forever as she's now the only songwriter to have won both the Eurovision Song Contest as a songwriter and an American Song Contest win because uh, she co-wrote Alexa's Wonderland. So uh, hopefully she's got those two those two awards sort of like bookended on a case because she's the only person in the world who will probably ever be able to do that. Uh, I just had a thought. Can you imagine if Luxembourg sent some famous German singer instead of Germany and won? <laughs> I was going to say, what if Luxembourg sent Alexa? <gasps> I was going to say, what if Luxembourg sent Lorene? <laughs> She's a free agent. <laughs> oh, Germany would be so mad. Anyway. Bring Morocco back into the contest. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we had three Moroccans this year. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. I do wonder, and this is mostly a discussion for another day, but I hope that Luxembourg's return causes some sort of cascade. Of, 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 returning of, returning, of returning countries, yeah. Well, we can only be so hopeful. I mean, at time of recording, we're still waiting on the runoff over in Turkey to see what happens with that election, because uh, we know that the opposition candidate is not opposed to returning to Eurovision, so uh, come on. And they would want to. It seems like a country oh, that genuinely oh, yeah. loved the contest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they would come back in a heartbeat, I think, if the if the cultural landscape were to change. And I don't think they wouldn't, just to you know, keep on the topic of, of jury voting, I don't think they would have uh, the problem that Malta does, which is having no regional or cultural allies, really. I mean, like, having to, Azerbaijan there alone know, is, yeah. is incredible. Because <laughs> yeah. Azerbaijan doesn't have any friends. <laughs> well, with Russia out of the contest now, too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Number two. Let's talk about Finland. Let's talk Finland. about this boy. All right. So a couple of quick stats on Finland as well. This is their first time finishing second. It is only the second time they have finished in the top five. Uh, the other time was Hard Rock Hallelujah, obviously. Uh, this is the second highest televote score ever in a final, or tied for that, actually. Stefania was first, obviously, with 439 points. Amar Pelos Deutsch got the same number of televote points exactly as Katia did. It is the sixth, they also happen to have the sixth highest televote score ever in a semi-final. This list is a little bit weirder. Beautiful Mess, Stefania, Amar Pelostois, You Are the Only One, and Hey Mama uh, all had higher, yeah, Hey Mama, that's right. I mean, 
coming back, baby. Yeah, I mean, you just keep forgetting how stacked 2017 was when you put it that way. When you say higher, do you mean to like just count just, higher? In terms of point point total, yeah. Okay, because yeah. that's not a fair comparison when we only have your or televote on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. If, if you look at just total semifinal score, it's a pretty paltry number because it's half of what it would normally be. Because I mean, I was looking at like how many points did you need to qualify, and it was like 30 something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in. Semi won. Uh, tenth place was like 38 points or something like that. Finland also had the second highest non-winning score of all time after Beautiful Mess. Uh, about 60% of a possible perfect score, which is a huge number. That's more than like Arcade and Toy God in terms of, uh, in terms of percent of, of, of what you could possibly get. Yeah, it looks like uh, Finland received 12 points from public... For, ju- from, from 14 different countries. Eight. I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. It says 12 points awarded by televoting. Countries giving 12 points. In the final, 18. 18? 18 different nations. Oh, I misread that. Israel and Ukraine came in second place, uh, receiving 12 points from four nations. So from 18 down to four is a bit of a precipitous drop. I mean, it's if you look at, like, just in terms of per capita on that televote, I mean, they averaged a little more than 10. And then there's, like, three countries that got, like, 9.2 from very recent years, but like, you know, Stephanie ran away with this just because of yeah. the, what circumstances. Yeah. So it's kind of shocking to see two years in a row, just these dominant televote scores. Mm-hmm. And and for, and in very different circumstances, I would say. Oh yeah. I mean, Finland yeah. hasn't done anything to <laughs> external to the country that would warrant this right, kind right. of public affection. I mean, I'm sure that there's some conspiracy theorist out there with a tinfoil hat and a bulletin board with, you know, points and they it, did just join nato nato, NATO. <laughs> yeah they yeah it's the nato vote yeah that in sweden i mean that's that's they're, an interesting they're still their application still uh, pending or, or they don't want finland to win because finland borders russia so obviously you know if it's held in helsinki then all hell's gonna break loose because there's a border I mean, uh, that thought did cross my mind. I mean, technically, Norway also has a border. A very tiny one. It, it, it does have one. Yeah, I mean, technically, there's only one nation separating North Korea and Norway. Switzerland? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, oh, my gosh. So fin- Finland did, did so wonderfully. There was a, we were hanging out in the press center after... After the show was over, and at one point, Kalia came down and was talking to Finnish media, and there was a very, very wonderful moment. Our, our good friend of the show, Ross Middleton, uh, I will, I will say, chased Kalia down after the interviews, not in like a creepy way, but in a, uh, in a Ross way, and, and just sort of stopped him. You know, it, this was this is like two in the morning. Everybody's exhausted, especially him. Gosh, he he looked so tired. By, by by the time the finals rolled around, like you could you could see in his eyes that he was just exhausted. I think Katia or Ross. Well, both. Yeah. I meant Katia though. But I think in, in Katia's case, having lost, they, he really thought he had a shot at it. I mean, oh, he did. His reaction when they announced Sweden the winner, you could tell it really hit him. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him backstage, I mean, he felt genuinely bad, like he'd let people down. He oh. was apologizing. It. I mean. It's a sad moment, I think. He, he's getting a lot of love, and I, I really think that's good for yeah. him. I, I'm hoping he's feeling better about it now. Yeah, I think he can absolutely hold his head high. I mean, of course, in the moment, there's disappointment. But, I mean, he is he's welcomed back to Vanta, his hometown, with massive open arms. His Welcome Home concert is being shown 
I think it was shown yesterday as yeah, yeah, this weekend at time of recording uh, on Finland's main channel. He will be welcome at any and all Eurovision events for the rest of eternity. He he will go up there with Verka Serduchka and and you know all these other people who, who you know, Fuego as and you know honestly the ESC 250 this year is going to be wild. Oh yeah, it's going to be rocked. it's going to be absolutely wild between Spanish fans uh, now a split vote with Lorraine songs. Yeah, that euphoria is no longer ensured. Right, cha cha cha. It's it's. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I'm. We are just entering Minnesota summer, which is one of the most glorious times of the year. But I'm already looking forward to December. Yeah, I, I, I'll say that like um, Karia may have in the moment really felt like he let people down, but now that we can look at the numbers, like it is very clear that not a single country like let him down every every single oh. person supported we've talked sweden was zeroed in in terms of share of the televote sweden received no televote points from only one country and it was finland and it was finland <laughs> yeah. um sweden also received no 12s from any single country finland received televote results from every single country finland's lowest share of any country's televote was 6 that's, that, that's about what's that's about how Stephanie country. did. Sixes, eights, twelves, tens to unbelievable, unbelievable. Every yeah. single country loved him, and I think that he needs to walk away knowing that. I, I, I think he's there now, and and that was I think what what Ross, uh, our pal who chased him down, uh, wanted wanted to say. I, I, I kind of followed to see what would happen in in. I would have loved to have gotten a word in as well, but he was obviously very tired. But Ross would not be denied, uh, and and said, it just just kind of took him by the shoulder for a second, and just said, "I just want you to know, I don't want you to forget how amazing you were tonight." And they shared a moment, and it was very very nice. Uh, Ross is great. Kadi is great, and yeah, he's he's a legend. I will go on record and say I think Cha 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 is going to devour the ESC 250 in December. <laughs> That's the top five. I don't sure. know. I mean, Spanish fans, we know yeah. how they can be. I don't know. I, I feel like there could be an alliance here. Uh, the 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 desire for, quote unquote, justice for Cardia, which is a... Justice <laughs> for Chanel as well, I suppose. Uh, well, yeah. That was kind of what pushed that one. Right, right. So, but yeah, he's... Uh, honestly, before he set one foot on that stage, he was a legend. And we all knew it. He brought a sauna truck. And he parked it a block from the venue. And, and everybody loved it. Everybody loved him for it. He was fantastic. I know, I know he didn't finish in first place, but that's just one way you can do well at this thing. Uh, Cha-Cha-Cha has been played, I believe now, at multiple NHL playoff games. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly ones with, with, with Finnish players. I want to say a player for the Dallas Stars, if I'm not mistaken, was like a youth hockey teammate of Karius. Oh, I mean, the NHL is just full of Finnish players regardless, but I mean, oh yeah, that makes me, this is why I'm a hockey fan. Well, right the now. NHL is also full of Czech players, but I don't hear anyone's, you know, skate out music being <laughs> my sister's crown. Oh, no, no, they're playing, yeah, coming out to friend of a friend, come on. No, no, cha-cha-cha, I think, I think genuinely could have a future as a sports anthem, as an like arena anthem, like, yeah. like your Darude Sandstorms or whatever, that that 
uh, Eurovision legend. Also a Finnish artist. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of sad that we aren't going to Helsinki now. I mean, granted, like purely selfishly, I've been to Sweden twice through Eurovision. I've, yeah, I'm, we, I'm incredibly... Can we not do Stockholm again, please? I'm incredibly fortunate. I will go wherever the contest will take me. I was really, really looking forward to somehow reenacting the video for Sandstorm and just running down the, the steps of the cathedral and just, you know, in some 90s garb and just... I, I was I was I was enjoying that. Are we going to make this a thing every year wherever we are? We just recreate a popular video. Yes. Can, yes. We, can we please? Can we make this Honestly, yes. I we could just go to Helsinki and do that anyway. Uh, in in terms of it's a bit uh, of a drive. Uh, okay, fine. But uh, uh, it's probably it's probably going to be Stockholm. But I, somewhat selfishly for me, I'm kind of hoping for Malmo, and this is why. One of the things I really want to do on uh, the trip to Sweden next year, if I'm fortunate enough to be able to go again and be accredited and all that, is visit uh, where my grandmother's grandparents grew up. And it's much closer to Malmö, so... (laughs) All right, that's fair. I mean, granted, to get from Malmo to, to Stockholm, it's it's doable. There are trains. It's probably a lovely, lovely drive or, or, or ride or wherever you want to be. So yeah, let's let's see if we can make that happen. I for think you. we only it's basically between Gothenburg and Stockholm, essentially, so, with Malmo being a big question mark. Arena can't do it. The, its roof is not strong enough oh. to to support all of the lighting rigs and things like that. Oh. It, it basically has to be Stockholm or Malmo or. Are there any dark horses here? I feel like I'm seeing reports of other cities throwing their hat into the ring. Um, Linköping, I think, is is or Jönköping. There, there are lots of there are lots of Swedish towns whose names end in shopping. Linköping, Nordköping, Uppsala, Uppsala, shopping. Gothenburg has already thrown their head in. But, but if they can't do it, they can't do it. Honestly, uh, Ben Robertson over at ESC Insight has done a couple of, of deep dives into what he expects for next year. Granted, he is coming to it from the point of view of somebody who lives in Stockholm, so there is that. But if anybody, if I trust anybody to have a pretty deeply measured opinion and an informed opinion about what could potentially happen in a Swedish-hosted contest next year, I do trust Ben Robertson over at ESC Insight. Eurovois is reporting that there have been calls for Jönköping to host. Uh, they, 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 they don't have an arena. Uh, they, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. They do have an arena. It is not big enough, uh, which is the case for so many of these. But, but we've, we've talked about before that sometimes you put your, your name out there just so that people maybe just learn a little bit about your city. Like the Bosch. Oh, Den Bosch. All right, Den Bosch, though. Uh, all right, so looking at the Wikipedia page, again, this is subject to change. Uh, for next year, cities who have expressed an interest in bid- in bidding. Uh, Eskilstuna, uh, Gothenburg, Göteborg, uh, Jönköping, Malmö, Ornskolsvik. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that because I know that K's in Swedish do something kind of weird. Uh, Partile, Södertälje, and, of course, Stockholm with both the Friends Arena and the Tele 2. However... The Friends Arena and the Teletool Arena uh, <laughs> both host uh, soccer football uh, teams, and May is prime football season, and neither of these teams are going to want to move. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's also worth noting that Friends Arena seats about 60,000 people. Uh, it, it, That's two San Marinos. <laughs> that... that <laughs> Yeah, you, you could you could invite everyone in San Marino and still have way more tickets than there were in uh, in Liverpool. I, that would be so many. That would be. 
I fear that something like that would be too big. Uh, it, it, Dusseldorf had a stadium about that size, right? Uh, I think Dusseldorf was about 30,000, which is still massive, which again, for my first contest, I was like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? But at least Friends Arena does have the backstory of, they've hosted Melody Festival in finals every year except for one since 2013. So they have a track record of putting large-scale shows like this on that do work really, really well, that have a press center, that have the camera angles and can make this work. I think a lot of us look at uh, the sort of notorious Copenhagen-hosted show back at the park, and I want to say that was 2001, which was too big. The camera angles were all wrong. It seemed echoey and vast. It just did not have the sort of intimacy and closeness to the good camera angles of the show that we have now. I think hopefully we have learned those lessons from them. Hopefully. And with, a sh- with an arena that huge, you can potentially bisect it and have green room area in the back or press area in the back. And, and you can, I mean, you can, it, things can be done is what I'm saying. You don't have to use the entire arena to put on an incredible show. I mean, the globe and setup was just about perfect. It was. Because under- we took over a hockey rink for the press center. Yeah. And then just had to walk through a tunnel to get to the arena itself. And it was really easy to get back and forth yep. without going outside. Um, but unfortunately, the, the yeah, Globen, I, I mean, the Avi- I mean, you know, but I mean, folks the at Avici, home, yeah. yeah, the Avicii Arena now, um, that's going to be undergoing some renovations next year. And I think I actually read that the Holvit, which is where we were, Derek, you and I, mm. for the um, for the press area, uh, that it's actually going to be demolished um, in 2025. However. Got a year. But I mean, throughout the the refurbishment in that area with the Avicii Arena and all of that, there is going to be some some stuff going on. So I don't know how these plans, if if it is a tentative, are they going to put those on hold? Yeah, I guess one question I just kind of had when we were talking about like potentials, because like oh they're renovating this this other arena, and I'm my thought was, well, how long ahead do they need to say yes, this arena is definitely ready to host a show for them to consider it? Because if they said, okay, this will be ready in April, it's like, well, the show is in May, so they technically could, but they're not going to be like, oh, that's cutting it close. No, we're not doing that. That Yeah, that really would be cutting it close. I was kind of wondering, are, are, are those renovations underway already? I'm not positive. I'd have to double check. But Derek's point does make me bring up Azerbaijan and the fact that they were still yes, they were still, they were building, still building it while, it while the press were there. Were there. <laughs> and, that, and that kind of becomes the question I had was, okay, they had this renovation plan already in place. Maybe they were going to finish it early next year. And it's like, well, if we're going to host this, let's dump a little bit of money in and get this done right now or mm-hmm. kind of fast track it. Or, or could they just wait? Is, is, I guess, is, oh, and do the show in September. No, I... Oh. <laughs> Could they just wait to renovate, I guess, is, is the question. But I, I, I know this has been locked in for a long time. I'd imagine there are some contractors oh. with some contracts that would be... Upset? Yeah. Not, to say the not least. thrilled, yeah. Well, uh, now that I've said this out loud, it all yeah. kind of... And yeah. Lisa Jane kind of touched on this when we had her on. Just like the amount of time that needs to be set aside for this is a couple of months mm-hmm. to do everything that needs to get done. And, you know, you can watch those time-lapse videos of them preparing the arena, just how much work goes into that to say, okay, well, we can do these renovations later. It's like, okay, well, that's, those renovations, like, well, then nothing's going to happen for like a year. And then they're going to do the show. And then they're going to do the renovations. They're basically shutting this arena down for like two years. Right. Yeah. So, uh, wow, what what a year. This, this really was uh, an amazing year. The city just 
put everything they had into it. And, and I hope that wherever in Sweden ends up with it, that they, that they do the same. I, I feel like a bar has been set a bit here with this. People said the same thing in 2016. I remember somebody explicitly... Switch with Stockholm. And somebody explicitly said, I don't want Sweden to win every year, but can you guys host every year? Hmm. Well, so I guess we have that to look forward to. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping just the entire setup next year is, is as good as it was in the first time. For me, anyway. Yeah, I think Liverpool... Like like I had said, I was disappointed when I heard that Liverpool had gotten in at first, just because I didn't know a ton about the city when it was selected, and I was I'm a very much a Glasgow stand. I'd been there before, you know. I love the city. I cannot remember having gone to a Eurovision where the city and the contest were so inextricably linked, and one seemed so welcoming of the other, and vice versa, while still balancing the Ukrainian the Ukrainianness of it all. It was masterful. My only, only thing that I'm ticked off about is that those giant inflatable birds that they had all over the city with this beautiful little music that was just, it just made me happy whenever I heard it. I am ticked off that they didn't make purchasable squeezy toys or Christmas ornaments or something of those of those adorable damn birds. I would have bought the entire set of them, especially if proceeds would have gone to like a Ukrainian-focused charity. I feel like there was a missed opportunity there. I just wanted a burb. I'm, I'm, I'm just hearing Mel Brooks's voice in my head going, merchandising, merchandising. merchandising. <laughs> Ukrainian burb, the flamethrower. I mean, not going to lie, I totally would have bought a little plush bird if they'd been selling them. Your girlfriend was pestering me, not pestering me, she was, she was, you oh, get, me too. Oh, yeah, the entire time. It's like, can you do me a favor and just deflate one of those? And Steal a bird. I'm like, wouldn't fit in my bag. We'll deflate it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so damn cute. They were so cute. It, that was a wonderful little um, surprise to be wandering around the city, come around a corner, and there's this giant bird. And they're just in, in just, especially there was this one in the little churchyard area where there were two of them, a big one and a little one, just like chirping happily that at the music. little one would have been perfect to steal. so cute. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I think uh, just really quickly, most notably, especially coming off of Turin, which not ignored to, the fact that Eurovision was there that year. I mean, just relatively COVID, COVID yes. Mm-hmm. But just in general, though, just kind of seemed to be uh, treating it like any other event. Yeah, it, it was another thing going on that week, which is fine. But, but like, I having, will say the food was better in Turin. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Versus Northern Italy, who has the better food? Uh, Pleasantly surprised with Liverpool food, though, compared to like London. London food was absolute garbage. Uh, yeah, take that. We ate really well. We, relatively we did, we did eat quite well, yes. I would say, but Vienna really embraced the contest. You saw stuff about it everywhere. Stockholm, obviously, the cro- the music that played at the crosswalks to help visually impaired people <laughs> cross the street were MIDI versions of Eurovision winners. Swedish Eurovision winner specifically. <laughs> it was maddening because you heard it everywhere. The slow one, whenever you couldn't walk yet, it was do 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 And on that note, it's like when Sonic the Hedgehog is about to drown. Oh my God! Just keeps getting faster. Let us know at home which birds you want to steal. Uh, what the most uh, annoying MIDI version of a Eurovision winner could be. Ooh, ooh. Oh, cha-cha. Gotta be cha-cha-cha. Remember when they used to use those as ringtones? Jesus. Oh, oh yeah. It's just man. gonna be like everyone's cell phone in 2004. Oh, man. My Nokia sounds like heroes. 
Right, I'm getting a call. <laughs> all right, before I completely go off the deep end again, again, you can reach out to us on social media, one, two points USA on all the normal spots and probably some of the abnormal spots as well. Uh, if you'd like to support us uh, financially, you can absolutely do so via our Patreon. Just look for us at 12 Points from America. Uh, we can also buy some of our merchandise. I am currently wearing a Riga Beaver shirt that Eric lovingly designed and has made available for purchase. We have stickers. We got all sorts of all sorts of swag. If you'd like to get some tangible goodies from us that we get a a little sum of off of that. Uh, and again, just email us directly at 12pointsofamerica at gmail.com. We really do appreciate any and all feedback. Thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We are so grateful that you were there along with us for this ride and we'll continue to be so like we only touched on Sweden and Finland today we have so much more to talk about over our next couple of episodes we've got a great summer lined up um you know we have barely touched on Luxembourg but we've got we've got Luxembourg content I'm sure that we've got to dig up shall we shall we adjourn for this week and then we'll come back uh refreshed at the next one no I have things to say no shut up (laughs) well until then everybody I've been Samantha I've been Derek I've been Eric and I've been Danny and America Stop listening now! Do 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 do.